You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 38 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome onto the line it is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, yeah I'm good, mate. And you? Um, yeah, I'm not bad. I've had a very nice bank holiday weekend. Good, um, good. It could have been back-to-back football, couldn't it? Because, of course, we had um, the playoff. Not, well, I mean, we had plenty of football that we'll talk about that isn't mm. playoff-related, but um, we did have the... The the uh, the interstep playoff and we had some first division playoff action as well, um, which is very much actually the theme of um, of uh, of this week's podcast. So it just goes to show that that uh, you know there's plenty of there's plenty of value out there, plenty of football right to the very last knockings of the Toolstation Western League um, season. Yeah, I mean, with the obviously um, playoffs is a it's a high point for some and, and not for others, but I think uh, yeah, in terms of obviously catching up as well. So we had all sorts going on at the weekend. It was sort of tough to keep track of where we were looking. We had we had league games going on at the same time as playoffs. So it was in- interesting times, but yeah, plenty of football still uh, as we as we kick into kick into May. Yes, I, I I mean I don't know how many of the listeners feel like this, but I am feeling a little jaded, Tom. I, I don't think, know about I think, you. I, I, I think, think we've got to that stage. Yes, yeah. I think that we yeah, if we're allowed to go down there, <laughs> we we should actually, of course, give you a, a little moment to bask in the glory of your football team because oh. um, obviously we are, you know, talking about Tool Station Western League football, we but are. the main you stuff. are a Plymouth Argyle fan, and they had they had quite a satisfying weekend as well, didn't they? Usually for my sins, but not not at the moment. Yeah, had a had a great weekend. Yeah, they've um, gained promotion, managed to just about hold off um, a couple of a couple of former Premier League sides in Ipswich and, and Sheffield Wednesday. So not not bad going to yeah finish uh, finishing the top two of the, the league of League One, and maybe even win the title on the, on the week. Oh, I think it's not Monday they play again, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah up to the up to the Championship we go. Great stuff. Well, that's good. That's good. That's your, you know, your other team, of course. My when other you're not, team, yes. My when you're not supporting team. Odd Down. That's it. That's it. Uh, right then, on this week's <laughs> podcast, we will be hearing from two of the men of the moment, Danny Lewis um, from Saltash and Lee Linton, the assistant manager at Oldland Abertonians. Um, we are going to kick things off um, with a game that actually took place before the last episode of the podcast was published. So Tom and I did our bit. Um, but uh, just to get the the whole episode in the can, it never went out until uh, Wednesday, the 26th of April. On Tuesday, the 25th of April, Wells City played Shirehampton in the first of our first division playoff semifinals. And, um, well, it was a comprehensive win for one of these sides. Tom, which one was it? Yeah, it was the away team. So, obviously, um, yeah, obviously playoffs, you get preference of uh, playing at home if you, you finish higher at the table. And, obviously, Wells had been... Uh, higher for well, pretty much the the majority of the season ahead of ahead of Shirehampton. They've been battling for uh, the, within the top three, but uh, yeah, unfortunately for them, they came unstuck in in the semi final, uh, going down to a three 0 defeat against Shirehampton, who had finished the season on a on a high. To be fair, so it's um, especially their 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 forwards who were at it again uh, on Tuesday evening. Uh, it was uh, Ryan Radford and and uh, in particular Scott Bamford. He is um, yeah, he's been. Probably the, the the hottest hottest forward in the in the league over over the recent weeks and, and months and whatnot and so yeah it was Radford who who opened the scoring after 16 minutes the only goal of the first half so it was still tight at that stage uh, but then Bamford as I say leading leading scorer in the division this year and uh, yeah he doubled their lead on 63 minutes uh, and then scored again in stoppage time to help Shirehampton uh, book their spot in the final and uh, end Wales this season there and then. 
Well, with a name like that, he could do a job at Leeds United. He probably could. <laughs> uh, right then, we'll fast forward now to Saturday the 29th of April and um, we'll talk about the Premier Division um, before we get to the business end of the season. Still plenty of Premier Division games to go, thanks to the, the great British weather. <laughs> uh, and we start with a seven-goal thriller with my newly adopted favourite Premier Division team, Barnstable Town, and they were at home to Buckland. I'm sure the atmosphere here would have been absolutely rocking. Of course, these two powerhouses mm. of Devon football. And um, I, I reckon that the, uh, the, the Barney Army would have been in, in great voice at the end of this one, Tom. Yeah, and what a, what a, what a, what a game it was. Third beating fifth uh, at Mill Road. And it was, yeah, two, two good sides going at it. And that was, yeah, obviously enjoyable end of the season, uh, especially if you're a basketball fan. Four free victors. Uh, they eventually prevailed. Uh, so, yeah, they took an early lead from the spot. By, thanks to Billy Tucker. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Sammy State scoring just three minutes later to get Butland back on level terms. So it was a yeah, quick start to this one. Uh, Stu Bowker, he's obviously had a, had a really top top season in front of goal. Uh, and he, yeah, continued that, well, ended that, I suppose, with uh, with Barnstable second. Uh, and then it was Callum Laird, a thumping header just before halftime to make it 3-1. So Barnstable, uh, nice, nice lead at that stage. Uh, and they did add another one. Uh, Tucker scoring another penalty. So, uh, yeah, that was... Well, as it turned out to be, be, a, be a pretty uh, important goal, obviously, uh, putting a 4 1 up at the time. Uh, but Buckland did did, um, did kick start in the second half. Uh, Nick Milton and Josh Grant both scoring, uh, getting them well, getting them right back into the game, but they couldn't quite find the equaliser when it was possible to hold out, held out, should I say, to, to, to gain the 4 3 win and uh, all three points. Well, from a seven goal thriller at Branstable to a nil all draw at Falmouth <laughs> Town. Yeah, absolutely. I just thought it was worth mentioning Street. Uh, they they went to Falmouth on, on the final day, uh, gained a nil-nil draw, as I say. Uh, probably not the most entertaining of games, but uh, yeah, ending the season on a, a 12-match unbeaten streak. I think the uh, the Cobblers, uh, yeah, worthy, worthy mention. And, you know, well, if they took that into next year, they'd be uh, riding high, wouldn't they? So, uh, yeah, good good stuff from Street and uh, pretty decent season from Falmouth as well. So, uh, yeah, all credit to them on the final day. Uh, and... Uh... Looking at the first division, we uh, we kick off at AEK Bocco, where the the home fans, Tom, certainly will have been going loco. Yeah, they would have on this occasion. Yeah, absolutely. I just yeah, the, the two games we're going to touch on in the first, uh, incredible comebacks. I mean, yeah, almost mirror images of one another. And starting with starting with Bocco, uh, scoring four times in the final fifteen minutes to 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 uh, to over over overdo. Uh, Oh, down, who led by two goals. Uh, a free kick right at the end of the first half from Curtis Dunn did give the Bath side uh, a two-goal advantage, as I said, at the break. So they were, yeah, living in uh, living in a good good spot at that point. But, uh, um, yeah, they were very much came un- undone in the final final knockings. Uh, it was a header from uh, Ollie Williams that set the uh, set the hosts on their way, uh, giving them a glimmer of hope at the time, you'd have thought, after, after 75 minutes or so. Uh, and then he scored again uh, to draw, draw them level. So, uh, yeah, the game was suddenly... Certainly very much in the balance. Uh, but, yeah, they just kept kept going, to be honest. Thomas Mendes scoring another header pretty soon after. Something like that was three goals in sort of six or seven minutes uh, worth of action. Completely turned the game in Bocco's favour. And then it was Williams, um, yeah, the absolute hero of the afternoon, uh, grabbing his hat-trick pretty late on. Uh, and, uh, yeah, another header. Um, so, uh, incredible stuff. And Bocco running out 4-2 winners over mid-table rivals. Off down. Now we do love a seven-goal thriller. We've had mm-hmm. one already. We're going to have another one. But this 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 game wasn't quite as close as the as the as the Barnstable Buckland tie. Tom Hallen took on Bradstock Town. Yeah, absolutely. And as I said, another um, incredible comeback. They were they were two goals down, just like Bocco, and they came back to win 
by five goals to two, Hallen, over, over Radstock. Um, as I say, Jacob Bird and Will Osborne scoring in real quick succession uh, around the half-hour half mark to put, put Radstock two up at the time. Pretty rare away victory was, was on the cards for them at the time. But, uh, yeah, Hallen uh, surging back to, <laughs> to win pretty comfortably in the end. Uh, Harrison Fairman pulling the first goal back. Uh, and then it was uh, Nathan Hewitt, two headers in the space of five minutes. Suddenly, uh, they led by like, led by three goals to two. So, uh, Hallen in, in the driver's seat at that point. And then it was, uh, yeah, left Fairman to add his second. Uh, another header also. Plenty of headers going in on, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and then it was Elliot Garden. He's their uh, he's their star man, and uh, yeah, he added the fifth. And uh, yeah, that was um, that was how it finished. So Howland, just like Bocco, incredible comeback. Uh, they saw off Radstock by five goals to two. Yeah, Helen finishing um, the season um, very strongly there. Mm. Now um, we'll move into the other playoff semi final. We were, of course, talking about Wales City against Shirehampton. The two other sides that were in the first division playoffs were Oldland Abertonians and Wincanton Town. Well, I know everybody is sitting at home with bated breath or even in the car. Wherever you listen to the Westerly Pog, you might even be lying in bed for all I know, or the <laughs> bath even. Um, but um, you're waiting you with bated breath, <laughs> yeah, to uh, to hear the, the the horse racing reference that will inevitably be used in the introduction to this particular game. And I think Tom, it's pretty fair to say that this one came down to a photo finish. Nah, definitely wasn't a furlong between these two teams. In fact, yeah, incredible. Uh, finish to this one, uh, two apiece. They couldn't be couldn't be split, and it went to a penalty shootout, which lasted forever and a day. Uh, every single player, including the two goalies, uh, forced to take spot kicks. Uh, so yeah, the game, as I say, finished two apiece at the end of end, end of normal time. Uh, they did try and play earlier in the week, but uh, that got abandoned due to, to due to floodlight failure. So they came back on on Saturday afternoon, and yeah, the game yeah shot to life. Mason Davis scoring after just seven minutes uh, before Wincanton pretty much levelled. Uh, instantly, so yeah, both both sides scoring in the opening ten minutes, uh, and then it was yeah back to back to Oldland uh, taking the lead, cashed in or powering home a header after just 15 minutes. So uh, as I say, real fast start to this one. Uh, when Canton recently had lost five 0 to the the same opponent, so at that point they're probably fearing the worst, uh, but they did come back into it and grabbed a leveller on the cusp of half time, uh, and that was how it stayed all the way through through the entirety of the second half. And so uh, spot kicks was uh, required. Uh, and it was, yeah, as I say, this was a, a marathon shootout and it was eventually won by Oldland by 10 to 9. So not many misses. As I say, I think it was uh, 11, 11 apiece uh, in terms of takers. So a couple of misses uh, from Wincanton, just the one from Oldland. Uh, but every single player left on the field had to had to take a spot kick. And it was Oldland who eventually prevailed by 10 goals to 9 on penalties. And we even had a full start in there as well, didn't we? Absolutely. Um, right then, let's move to uh, the other game that took place on Saturday, the 29th of April. And it was the game that I was at, the Interstep playoff final between Bristol Manor Farm and Saltash United. And a cruel, cruel end, Tom, mm. to what had been quite an outstanding season uh, for Saltash. Yeah, unfortunately, coming unstuck in their in their playoff final. I think the draw was uh, was it last Wednesday afternoon, last Thursday. I can't can't quite remember which day it was. Uh, lose track of time when it's bank holidays and whatnot. But yeah, they were they were pitted away at uh, Bristol Manor Farm, uh, who had finished I think it was 18th in in Division One of the the Southern League. And uh, yeah, Bristol Manor Farm also given 
uh, home advantage for this one, which mm. I couldn't quite work out, but that was that was the way that, that it was decided. Uh, and uh, yeah, so well, they made made that made that advantage pay. I would say uh, a couple of goals uh, from Aaron Robbins and Jaden Nilsson, uh, formerly uh, yeah, I would say Bristol Manifon. I think one of my early years. I remember remember those couple of names popping up for them uh, at the time. So obviously they're still still playing for the the Bristol side. And yeah, they they managed to to stave off relegation, uh, claiming a two 0 win over Saltash, who who miss out and uh, will will be back in the uh, Station Prem uh, starting next year. I think in the interest of balance, I, I have to say that the the step four side having home advantage is something that we've known about for some time. Fortunately, mm-hmm. Exmouth yeah. managed to avoid this particular pitfall where they managed mm-hmm. to go up last season. But it was always the intention of the FA to, um, uh, to allow the step four side home advantage and make the step five side travel. And, you know, <clears throat> maybe I'm going a little bit demob happy just in case I'm in danger of upsetting anybody at the Football Association, I, I do think it's. It, it, I think from the supporters' perspective, if anything, we like to think that football is a meritocracy, mm. and it would be nice if a team that had competed and performed well all season had the privilege of playing this game at home rather than one that had clearly not and uh, found itself in danger. <laughs> that was of my inkling as well. That was my inkling. But, um, yeah, there we go. That's about as controversial. I think that's probably <laughs> about as controversial as I've ever got. <laughs> go for so it. Wrestling podcast. Now I'm going to shut up now, move on. Let's talk to the man who should be of the moment, Danny Lewis, the manager of Saltash United. We've had Danny on a couple of times, of course, this season. It's always a pleasure to talk to him. Although on this occasion, it's tinged with obvious sadness. And I started my conversation with Danny by asking him whether he's got over the disappointment of Saturday's defeat. Yeah, I think I have. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I thought we did come up come up short. Um, I didn't think there was too much in the game, but we came up against a physical team, a streetwise team. And again, it was probably a game too far for us and as much as you know as much as it would have been um, an amazing achievement I'm still immensely proud of the players and all their achievements you know you you felt you came up short on the day I I was at the game um, and I think one of the problem one of the features of of these playoff matches is they you know they are a cup final um, you know full of tension and I guess having the home advantage for Bristol Manor Farm, because there was vocal support for them on the day, that gave them a real advantage, didn't it? Um, yeah, again, a lot of people have um, commented on it since. And obviously it's not only affected us, but again, I don't necessarily understand the process of how a team who comes top, top two, who have amassed 84 points, has to go away. You know, should it be cover two legs or maybe at neutral venue I'm just not sure how we got any advantage or or kind of how it helped us in coming top top kind of two and having such a good such a good season also it, it obviously meant that a team who had underperformed who I thought you know um, on the weekend who were excellent but it just kind of gave it that final feel kind of to it and it obviously got them up for the game in, in obviously um, an atmosphere which was quite loud, and it just meant that obviously it played in, into, into into their hands quite a bit. But you know, you know, it is what it is. Um, that's no one's fault other than the kind of the structure of it all. But ultimately, on the day, the team who won 
deserves to win. But again, in the future, I think the merits of having it somewhere neutral or at least favouring the team who have had a, a successful season is something which should be considered. I mean, you did have chances on the day. I mean, you know, you lost 2-0 and I think that, you know, I, I agree with your assessment. I think Manafan were the better side. But I mean, you had you had um, chances you know, in the game and I think on another day, you know, it, wouldn't, it was not it's not unheard of in football that a team that perhaps hasn't got the rub of the green can manage to pull something out of the bag. I mean, there were times in the game where I thought had you got a goal, you may well have, you know, been able to go on and get another one and it perhaps could have been a different match. Um, I agree in like, I didn't think there was too much in too much in the game. But again, you know, I think what was what was noticeable, I thought they did all the ugly stuff right in terms of um, heading things and then to react to the loose balls and you know all of the nitty gritty stuff that you've got to do when games are not pretty and often in playoff affairs and finals and tense games like that things aren't always pretty and I thought they did all the ugly stuff well again you know if I'm honest um, we didn't make their keeper work too much but if I flip that Jordan Duffy didn't really have too much to do he probably had to make another save so it wasn't it wasn't the prettiest of games, but I thought they edged it in terms of all the um, in terms of all the ugly stuff, which kind of helped to shade those tense affairs, really. Well, let's not talk about the depressing stuff anymore. Have you had an opportunity to reflect on what your side has achieved on the pitch this season? You know, you are the league runners-up. Um, yeah, um, exactly right. Obviously, everybody's is aware of at Christmas and the situation involving Shane and um, and all the rumours and stuff like that and I'm 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 so pleased of myself and pleased of and proud of the players for kind of sticking with, with me and and then for really kind of turning it turning it around in an instance where probably a lot of people thought we would have folded. You know, um, again for us to amass a total of a total of eighty four points, which in any other season would have been good enough to go up is brilliant. But again for me I'm proud of proud of how we've kind of shown that a character and the consistency to really push a top top team in Malzo all the way and almost to make it into kind of a two horse race where at where at Christmas it looked like being four or five teams in it and eventually it was only a two horse race. So yeah, I'm really proud of our lads for kind of for the form and for the quality and above that just for the character almost just to turn it around um, oh, I've spoken to you a couple of times this season and I've never felt particularly comfortable talking to you about you know the, the, the departure of, of Shane Crack um, yeah. because you know on the Western League podcast what we try and do for all of our clubs and I don't apologise for this is to present what's positive what's best what's yeah. aspirational yeah. about you know and and even me as a devices fan that used to be very difficult <laughs> when we were losing every week but anyway the point is that i i think i'm glad you've raised the issue because you mentioned the word rumor and there was a lot of rumor at the time i would i imagine that you feared the worst at the time i certainly looked at it from the outside looking in and i thought well they they will fall away that's inevitable now how did you manage that situation because what you have achieved in the face of adversity is quite remarkable I appreciate that Ian and I'll be honest Crack is a friend of mine but obviously he's played a lot of his career elsewhere I've spent a lot of my career at Salt Ash but above anything I felt a duty and a loyalty to the players you know I did kind of question whether to 
carry on or whatnot. But again, I'm so pleased that I chose the option to kind of to carry on and to stick with it. And kind of what was really important was just to keep the key lads involved and just to make sure that we did it as a close-knit kind of a team. And I have really, 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 really tried just to make sure that we do it for ourselves and to make sure that we focus on ourselves and not to worry about, you know, add more the rumours outside. And for me, what would have been good is for us to have achieved something just in the fact that ever since Christmas, all we kind of have spoken about was doing it for each other. And I think that was kind of key, just to, just to make sure that that internal spirit is there. And for me, that kind of grew and grew and grew. I think I, uh, my little wobble came the first two games after Shane left. But after that, our next league game was away to Cadbury Heath. And it, and it really was a turning point. Like, you know, always, 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 always a tricky fixture. And we went there and it was an ugly win. And we kind of, after that, all went from strength to strength. But again, it was just making making kind of sure that we kept that small, close-knit group of players and we, and we kind of focused on making sure that everyone had that desire to want to be well for, for each other. I mean, we're, we're a nation that loves the underdog. And it does feel to me that... I mean, I think that, 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 that somebody needs to make a film of this season because... There have been so many twists and turns. It's untrue. And in a way, we had the fairy tale story that was Mausel. Um, they're a club that I think a lot of people have, have, have fallen in love with. They're very good at presenting yeah. themselves both on and off the pitch. And in a way, I guess that doesn't really make you know this interview any easier for you to listen to. But actually, the point I'm making is that for such popular champions, you, you push them to the final day, which... It, you know, in that underdog spirit, doesn't necessarily give you any satisfaction. But, but again, as an outsider looking in, how you manage that is completely beyond me. I'm appreciate it again. Mausel first. I completely agree. Like just in their actual style and you know how they try try to play is brilliant. And in terms of Mausel as like a structure and as a setup, it is tailor made to go up through the league. Um, and I'm really, really intrigued to see how they do get on in the Southern League. And again, yeah, you know, I think as a as a collective, we pushed ourselves as far as we could go, and and we really managed to get as much out of our team and out of our kind of squad. You know, and the squad of, you know, often 14 of us. For me, I mentioned it again. I I really, really tried after kind of Christmas just to focus on ourselves and not to have that huge, huge the squad environment and just to do it in with the players who really had that desire to be there and that often often kind of meant that the same players were having to play on Tuesday and on a, um, and on a weekend and it often meant that players were having to play tired and again you know that's something which I'm really pleased about that we did really manage in my opinion to get as much as we could out of our squad you know ultimately our squad is a squad of quality however it's not a huge squad to the squads of lads who all play for each other and have all shown such, such kind of spirit often in the face of adversity to really really push a top end team all the way so what's next you deserve a rest <laughs> but I mean yeah. what, what, what are your uh, are you thinking about next season I mean where are you at the moment if I'm honest uh, me and you know obviously I'm a little bit gutted um, 
to go from the prospect of winning it. Um, you know, again, I think about the Cleveland game where we were short um, and Cleveland deserved to beat us. But again, you know, that being so close to the end to lose that game, which which kind of cost us in the end. I'm thinking of that. I'm thinking of our home game, Shepton, in which we knew that uh, Mausel had to draw and we needed to win 3-0 and we were 3-0 up inside 20 minutes and then to lose the playoff. I'm kind of just looking for a little bit of time away at the, at the minute. Um, we've got our end of season trip to Spain on Friday, which I'm excited about. And then post that, um, yeah, just time for the players, for the club and myself just to reflect on what they actually want from this. I am an individual um, who if I committed to a project I am 100% committed and that often involves you know ensuring I'm at every training session and everything's all organised and planned in every game so if I am in you know I am completely in so for me I need to make sure that the club's right to allow me to do that and also that the players are in for it as well and that will obviously come over the next couple of weeks. One final word, Danny, uh, and that is that, you know, obviously you and the players, I think, have, have achieved wonders. We've talked about that at length in this interview, but of course, non-league football at every level wouldn't be what it is without the people who who volunteer and, and, and make these things possible. So, I mean, I, I over the course of this season and, and indeed last, I mean, I, I've, I've had a few chats with Phil Durant, your... Yeah. Your secretary, he's a lovely man, um, very, very sort of engaged in a lot of the stuff that I've been talking about with clubs like me- the mental health campaign. Yes. And um, I mean, really, I guess the final word I- I'd like to give to you just to say thank you for, for the people that have made this season what it's been for Saltash. Um, exactly. And yeah, so obviously um, I've said it enough, but I'd like to thank the players in particular for um, sticking in with me to kind of allow me to learn in my first I'm attempting management, you know, uh, but it is something to which I feel I have improved upon. So, first things first, I'd like to thank the players again. And, you know, Phil, who is, again, um, 100% fitted. He's at every game. He's always involved. And also, like, Saltash isn't a club where there, where, where, the, where there is a lot of volunteers. So, Phil is often having to do over and above his job role. So, I'd like to thank Phil. And ultimately, you know, as a club, Saltash is in a position where a lot of other clubs are in as well, and there's not a lot of people there who are potentially helping out. So those people who are actually there are having to do over and above. So yeah, so for me, I would like to thank all of the committee and all the players, and obviously Phil, just to kind of put us in this position which has, which has allowed us to complete our season. And, you know, often... That is a struggle at teams like Saltash and in terms of finances and travel and training and, and all of this, but we did manage to push ourselves through it. So, yeah, so thank you to Phil and everyone who's has made it possible for the club to reach the end of the season. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. 
Now, moving on to the football that was played on Monday, the 1st of May, and we'll kick things off in the Premier Division with Cadbury Heath. They took on Barnstable Town. Now, of course, we talked about that fantastic seven-goal thriller, the 4-3 win Barnstable had over Buckland Athletic, but uh, it wasn't to be their day on Monday, the 1st of May. No, absolutely. They uh, yeah finished, finished the season with a, with a surprising defeat, but for Cadbury Heath, uh, yeah, climbing off the bottom of the table. Uh, 2-1 victory for them. Uh, on Bank Holiday Monday, they will have yeah really enjoyed this. Obviously, it's been a bit a bit of a chastening season for them, but yeah, ending on a on a real high. So that's that's good stuff. That was the first league victory since October, I believe. So yeah, long time coming. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, Matt Isaac's 17th minute opener for them, uh, putting them in front. But Barnstable did 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 come back just three minutes later, and that was Stu Bowker, who we mentioned earlier. So he's had another good week to end the season. Uh, he managed to get them back on level terms. I think he went off at half time, so I don't know if he's injured or, or or whatnot. But yeah, so that was. Uh, one apiece at the time, uh, but it was the Heath who, who finished stronger. And I think going from social media, from for basketball's um, social media accounts, to to say that Heath were well, very very worthy winners, and uh, that was how it how it played out. Callum Woolley uh, scoring eight minutes from time, goalmouth scramble. He managed to managed to get the ball home, and it was Cadbury Heath who ran out two one winners over Barnstable to finish just off the bottom of the table. So yeah, good stuff for for Heath. Hopefully that's uh, yeah gives them a little boost going into the off season. Certainly does. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, so we will move on now to our first division playoff final. Oldland Abertonians took on Shirehampton and it was another close affair, Tom. It really was. Yeah, obviously these two sides yeah, were worthy sides to, to reach this stage. And it was a, a big crowd. I think I was sort of seeing, seeing reports of even when kickoff was, uh, had happened, there was, there was people lining up outside waiting to get in. So uh, good to see that there's obviously this, uh, there's the, uh, the, People, people are keen to get to these games, and yeah, it was a big one. And it was Oldland who did eventually run out two-one winners uh, over Shirehampton, uh, and they came came out on the winning side, uh, overturning an early deficit as it as it happens as well. So uh, yeah, good stuff from Oldland. Scott Bamford, <laughs> of course, it was Scott Bamford. He's been in unbelievable form, hasn't he? As we've as we've touched on, uh, he scored uh, scored yet again uh, after after about 14 minutes or so. So after about a quarter of an hour, they were the, the visitors went ahead. Uh, but the Abbots, yeah, have obviously proved proved their proved their inform themselves, and they came back into it pretty much straight away. Uh, Matt Green sending the keeper the wrong way of his penalty, probably got a bit of practice on uh, on Saturday uh, during that during the shootout, and uh, yeah, uh, that was uh, that was one of peaks. Mason Davis having been failed in the box, so that was uh, leveled the scores, uh, and then it was yeah, it was pretty much uh, on a knife edge for the rest of the afternoon. Obviously, a lot at stake, big crowd, big big atmosphere, and it was eventually Oldland who who managed to, to get the winning goal uh, 10 minutes from time, and it was Mason Davis headed home from close range after after Zach Tucker had seen his lob come back off the post. So, uh, yeah, Oldland, Oldland prevailing, and they will take their place in the Premier Division next year. They certainly will. <clears throat> That's a long-held ambition um, for the Bristol Club that we'd heard articulated um, by um, their management team on the podcast this season. The last time we spoke to um, Oldland, it was... Lee Linton, the assistant manager, and uh, I thought this was a great opportunity to get Lee on again and congratulate him on the O's promotion. Uh, thanks for having me back, Ian. And uh, yeah, mission accomplished. You know, very, very happy, very happy. We uh, set out a, a goal at the beginning of the season. The chairman set us a target. We went above and beyond that, and. Um, we just can't be prouder of the lads at the moment. It's, it's still not quite sunk in completely, but you know the celebrations went on after, and 
are starting to become real now. We've we've achieved something that hasn't been achieved before at Oldland. We've set a little bit of history in getting the club up to the highest place that they've ever been. And it was a dramatic final, wasn't it? Of course, played out in front of a huge crowd. I mean, in terms of a, a, a in terms of a match, what, what were your reflections on the game itself? Oh, I mean, it it was a cagey affair. It was, you know, what you would expect from a final. Sometimes, in terms of, there was a lot at stake. There was a lot at stake, and uh, from a game point of view, maybe not the prettiest of football to watch. I thought we were in control for the majority of it. Um, I've got to take my hat off to Shire Ampton. They've had a phenomenal season themselves coming up into the Western Division 1, getting themselves in the playoffs and getting themselves in the final. And, and they gave us a game. You know, they, they went 1-0 up. Great strike from Bamford. You can see why he scored 41 goals this season. But we've done what we've done all season, and that's when the going gets tough. We dig in, and we've got a lot of heart. We've got a lot of character. We've got a lot of togetherness, a lot of belief in the squad, and we just do not stop. And we managed to get ourselves back ahead in the game, and we saw it out. Luckily, and you know the, the lads thoroughly deserve to reap the rewards from this. Well, as if the playoffs weren't dramatic enough, you had that epic penalty shootout, didn't you, against Wing Canton in in the oh. semi final? What was what was that like on the nerves? I, I don't think I've ever been as nervous in my life, to be honest with you. Um, so, obviously, our game with Wincanton was meant to be the Wednesday night, the day after Shire's semi-final. And during that game, the floodlight failure happened. Unfortunately, it got postponed, so we revisited to Saturday. So, all that tension was building up. The nerves were building up more. And the Wincanton game was just... You couldn't split the two sides, really. It was, you know, a real 50-50 game. Um and yeah, went all the way to penalties and even on the penalty shootout, went all the way down to the keepers taking a penalty and um, we'd done it, you know, unfortunate for Wim Canton, but unfortunate for us, we got it over the line, the, the nerves were there, but the relief was there as well after, just total elation and I think what really paid off for us is we didn't have any time to think about the final, we just had to go again and we had that positive momentum from winning the game in the way we did on Saturday and we took it straight in on Monday and I and I really do believe that mindset and that positive momentum from Saturday helped us on Monday. I mean the crazy thing about that penalty shootout is we, we talk about penalty shootouts at sort of every level of the game and I know sort of you know we're a nation of people who seem to sort of fear the penalty shootout and, and when I talk to managers about you know, when there's been a penalty shootout, you, you, you ask the obvious questions, you know, like, do you practice? But actually, when it goes to 10-9, you've got people taking a penalty. You've never taken a penalty well, before. there you go. So you, every manager has their top five, top six. You know, you, you've got everything prepared. You've got things written down. But when it gets to a stage of that, everybody's got to take one. And, and hats off to the lads. There's players out there who probably have never taken a penalty in their life, but they all stepped up to the plate sucked it away when Canton missed one early on we missed one early on but everybody under that amount of pressure as well you know it, it means so much to the club and the lads so all of that riding on your shoulders to get calm head step up it, it was unfortunate from when Canton you know they had a young goalkeeper in very good goalkeeper who's got a promising future and unfortunately missed and it's sad to see that side of it you've got to have a humane side and it's unfortunate for him but like I said, fortunate for us and credit to the lads. What an amount of pressure and to get through it the way we did. 
I've got nothing but respect for them. The other, the other perennial question at this time of the season is: Are you a fan of the playoffs? And given that you've you've gone through, you've gained promotion in the most dramatic possible um, sort of circumstances. <laughs> I, I, I suppose the obvious. I suppose you're going to say yes, but are you? I, I love playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I love the playoffs. I'm a big fan. Um, I mean, yeah. Let's let's be honest. No team that finishes just underneath automatic promotion would feel like they want to play in the playoffs you, you know you, you would or you would want to say if we, if we finish second in the league we'd want automatic but it gives teams a good chance to still push it gives everyone something to fight for and that's what you notice in the end of our season is there were still three teams that could have got in the playoffs so everything was to play for results coming in games turning over thick and fast if you're in a position in the league and you're outside of that top two, people start giving up. You go in holiday mode. So I, I quite like the fact that there's always something to play for late on in the season. So I like it, and now we've won it. I like it even more. Um, and I wouldn't mind going up through the playoffs in that route any season. At the end of the day, a promotion's a promotion. If the league decide it's got to be done that way, fair enough. We were prepared for that. So, yeah, I, I'm pleased... I'm happy. Um, I'm sure there's other teams that aren't as happy, but credit where credit's due to all the teams that finished around that top six. Everybody gave it a good push this season. Yeah, given how hard you've worked to get through to the playoffs and the enthusiasm that you've just given us in your answer, I guess nobody at the club can have any reservations about the prospect of going up to the Premier Division next season. No, none at all. Our goal at the beginning of the season was to finish in the top six, top five, if we could, and have a real go at it, you know, qualify for FA Cup. We wanted to get promotion. We wanted that. You know, the club's got great ambition. Like I've said before, a chairman that backs us fully, um, the chairman that wants the club to go as far as it can, and we won't stop at the Prem. I mean, we've got to be realistic. That's a hard league to go up into. And we've got to attract players in the right way to come to the club. But we've built such a good foundation around it, you know, good volunteers, Good, uh, good clubhouse, good ground. The lads are very good. Got good togetherness. So hopefully we attract that because we don't want to stop. We're we're not here to just settle in division or step picks. We're we're not one of those clubs that want to drop out because we don't want to do the trouble. We want that, and that's what you should be in football for. You should be in football to progress and get better. And if you're not, then maybe play Sunday league. <laughs> no disrespect. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's a passionate answer and it's a very insightful one. Um, I mean, what about your players? Do do you think you'll you'll keep the current group together? Or are you looking to add to the group? Well, you know, I think if if you ask any of our players, which I have done in the last couple of days, because we want to get our business done relatively as early as possible and just get some answers. You know, if you want to leave a club after just getting promoted, then that's sad. Yeah, and I, I feel for them, but. You know, stay with us, give it a push, and we will look to get a couple of people in to strengthen it because there might be one or two that can't commit because it is a lot. It's a lot of travel. But we're looking to keep the bulk of the squad. You know, we don't want anyone walking away from the club. We've got very, very good people and players in and around it. So we're not looking to go out and change things dramatically. We think we can give it a good push with what we got, adding maybe one or two into it. 
but yeah, you know, confidence in our lads, and that's what we've given them all season. You know, and it just shows that once you give them that confidence and belief, they start playing with that togetherness. Anything can be achieved because I guarantee the end of the season, not not one other club would have said Oldham will go up. No one. So you know, you get that dressing room right. The football talks for itself. The passion there. Anything can be achieved. Yeah, I think without wishing any disrespect, and it's always a pleasure to speak to you, Lee, I think you're right. I don't think Oldland Abertonians were one of the cl- um, clubs that were in, in the conversation yeah, about exactly. about about going up. But, I mean, one thing that... one uh, Sort of one of the recurring themes we've had on the podcast, in, you know, over the last few seasons has been the sort of the congested nature of the, of the Bristol player pool. Yeah. And, I mean, from your experience, you, you know, you've talked about the travel, you've talked about the commitment... Does that make it harder for you? You think um, um, next season to recruit players that are sort of of a standard that's consistent with our Premier Division? Um, I think so. Yeah, I do think that you know if we want to go out and get a couple of players, we have to look maybe a little bit outside of our area, outside of um, what we're used to. But I think it's really important to keep that core group. We are going to be one of only, I believe, two, maybe three local sides in that league above, and we understand that the standard is higher. We understand it's going to be a hard division to play in. We've seen that this season with the likes of, um, you know, Kingston being at the bottom, Cadbury being at the bottom. It's a real tough division. But Welton went up. They've had a very steady season. Sherborne has stayed up there. So, you know, it's about being realistic and being consistent. If we can get up, we can have a promising season, stay in that league, whether that's mid-table, just below, just above. Then for me, that's another successful season. And, and we can't run before we walk. You have to build on it. So right now, it's about building that foundation again, but we're doing it in the right way. Not just rushing out, getting rid of your core group, getting players in. You, you've got to go with a level head, set expectations in the right way, you know, and then just hope something promising happens and we stay up there. So what about yourself now? Are you able to put your feet up or has the planning for next season started uh, already? My feet. My feet. Uh, the other manager, Darren Seeley, um, Nick Ma, our feet, our feet won't go up. Chairman's feet won't go up. No way. We've already um, started that process today. Like I said, ringing players, around, talking to our own players, seeing you know what people's thoughts are, planning you know, pre-season, what we, there's just so much prep that goes into it. For me, off-season is for the lads that play. That's their chance to put their feet up for a few weeks and then get themselves ready. But behind the scenes, you want to be organised and you want to be prepared. So we have to put the, the work in. And then when the season gets going, that's when you kind of see the effects of the work that you put in behind the scenes. So hopefully we get it right. I'm sure we will. Like I said, we've got great staff behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, just fingers crossed we do things the right way and and prepare, and and hopefully we get a positive result off of it next season. Well, you certainly got a positive result from the work that you've all put in this season. So congratulations oh, there. Thank you very much. Now, of course, one of the reasons we like to do these interviews is because it's an opportunity for f- for fans from other clubs to hear about what's going on, you know, across the the, the league. And um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of. Uh, fans listening who are supporters of teams in the Premier Division um, yeah. who are interested to know about the latest additions to our Premier Division. So, um, can you sell a, an afternoon out at Oldland Abertonians? What have our f- travelling fans got to look forward to? Well, you've got 
something to look forward to in terms of a very warm you know we're we're a club that we like to make people feel welcome you know we've got a good fan base we're a very positive style player in a football and you can definitely guarantee yourself an interesting game in the afternoon we're we're a die-hard team we do not give up so no matter what you're coming down for a game of football yeah Oldland it's a village but you're not coming down to visit our village you're coming down to us we've got a lovely clubhouse not that that does anything with the football side but you know you will you will enjoy the day out hopefully the sun will be shining when you do come you can have a beer the barbecue will be on or some kind of food and yeah like I said a very very hard tough game of football Lee congratulations again thanks very much for your time and I hope you are able to get a little bit of a rest um, before next season starts thank you can I just say one thing as well before I leave um, obviously just want to thank everybody involved at the club because without all the volunteers without the people behind the scenes without the chairman without the manager Darren Clayton Woodman Steve Kane Phil, uh, Paul Weeks Phil our secretary Jenny Pruitt does all the cooking Dale our groundsman the reserves everyone this is for them as much as it is for the first team it's a club effort and just one more thing is unfortunate events happened after our game on Saturday we don't condemn any kind of behaviour like that we're disgusted by it and whatever the league and officials need in terms of support to get that situation resolved we fully back it my thanks to Lee for his time now normally at this stage of the podcast Tom we look ahead at the fixtures coming up but but there's not an awful lot to talk (laughs) about is there but we do have a game on Wednesday the 3rd of May we do we have uh, the first, or well, the second, sorry, of our, our Les Phillips Cup semi-finals. Obviously, the first took place on, on Bank Holiday Monday, and that was a Helston 2-0 victory away at Ilfracoon. A couple of goals from Ricky Shepherd uh, early in the second half. Quick fire brace from him. And so it will be Helston who uh, who take on the winner of Shepton Mallet versus Brisington, which is obviously a fascinating affair. Uh, Premier Division Shepton Mallet taking on the First Division uh, runaway winners, uh, Brisington. So... Yeah, they're getting a crack at a Premier Division side, which is which will be great, I think. Um, barnstorm their way to the, uh, the the First Division title. And, yeah, I just think it'll be fascinating to see how they get on. A uh, plethora of goal scorers up their, uh, up their sleeve. And, uh, yeah, we'll see see how good they are on, on Wednesday evening. <clears throat> yeah, and as we want in a final, really, I think either Shepton Mallet or Brislington. I mean, I suppose mm. Brislington are the sort of the joker in the pack, aren't they? They're the, the relative unknown about how Absolutely. they get on against sides at the step above. But um, either Shepton or Brislington taking on Helston will be an intriguing um, Les Phillips Cup final. That is taking place on Saturday, the 13th of May. It's taking place at the home of Tiverton Town Football Club. It's a three o'clock kickoff. Um, hopefully, uh, we will be producing a commentary of that game and um, for you to listen live um, on the uh, Matchday Live platform. So um, please stay tuned to social media for further details about that. Now, one last piece of housekeeping is the photograph of the year competition, which uh, now we have reached the culmination of our season. It feels appropriate to be talking about that. Obviously, there's an army of photographers from across our clubs that send photographs to James Healy, our social media and webmaster, uh, and he puts them on the galleries on our toolstationleague.com 
website. Uh, so if you are one of those people who've been sending photos to James and getting them up on the gallery, this is your opportunity to get some recognition. You have to have your photo displayed on the gallery to be able to enter. But if that, if you've done that, then please have a look on the website um, for details about how to enter this competition. You have until Friday of this week, that's Friday the 5th of May, um, to get your entries into uh, into James, but I say all of the um, all of the details um, are available on the toolstationleague.com website. Norm, well, the other thing we do is look at the league tables. Doesn't seem to be much point in that. <laughs> and also, we do talk about the goal scorers. Now, Tom, on the grounds that we've still got a few games to play, I think that probably the goal scorers can wait till our final um, podcast of the season. Would you agree with that? Sounds like a good idea to me. Hopefully the uh, the teams will all get their uh, yeah uh, F- FA full time stuff sorted by then as well. So we'll have a, a thorough um, thorough look at that, and uh, yeah, the the numbers will be as up to date as possible. I do try and keep abreast of it, but it's sometimes yeah uh, at the uh, at the beck and call of others. So yeah, we'll see what see what happens. But we do have some numbers out there, and yeah, there's a couple of couple of players who could move up the ladder with a a good a good uh, good cut run. Absolutely right. Of course, all of those statistics are available in the Western League Bulletin. Tom, where can the listeners find that? That's on the uh, yeah, that's on the Toolstation League website. If you, you scroll down the homepage, uh, just to the left, there's a, there's a little tab that will take you to the, the most recent bulletin, and that comes out every week. Obviously, I think we'll have a week off next week, but after the Les Phillips, that will round up all the all the cup action and uh, yeah, bring the bring the season to a close nicely. Excellent stuff, Tom. Um, thank you very much for your time today. And um, I look forward to catching up with you, not next week, but the week after on the Toolstation Western League podcast.